A spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Kate Andrews and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and Katie Balls. We had yet another leadership husting last night in Birmingham. Katie, Liz Truss doubled down on promises for money for healthcare and social care, but uh, in a bit of a twist, she suggested that the money that is currently going to healthcare should actually be going to social care first as it was the real emergency. What exactly did she say? Yeah, so this was interesting because we already know that Liz Truss plans to um, scrap the national insurance rise while keeping the health and social care levy. And I think where we got to last night was Liz Truss said that she would pretty much immediately on becoming prime minister make sure all the money coming from uh, this, which isn't actually going to be coming from national insurance at this point, but from general taxation, but the money which will now be coming from general taxation will go straight to social care. And she said this would be important because it would uh, reduce the number of beds being used in the hospitals. And this is in large logic behind her decision. Now, of course, when it comes to the levy, it was always the case that it should eventually go in social care but the point was in the first few years it'd be used to clear their NHS backlogs and then more and more would go in social care and when that policy was first announced there are lots of discussions such as on this podcast which is will the money ever make it to social care because as we know the NHS often demands extra funding and it felt as though it'd be quite hard to take the money away so if you look at it that way it's quite a bold statement to say that you're going to move it immediately and I think there's a question is what does that mean for the backlog and is it feasible in practice for Liz Trust to move the money straight to social care because that could lead to a shortfall in a or you know uh, demands at least for more funding for the NHS. Fraser the national insurance levy has been a mess since it was implemented thought to raise about 12 billion pounds a year it was then estimated to raise six billion pounds a year so money was going to be coming from general taxation anyway to make up the rest of yet another example of why hypothecated taxes so rarely work but this is getting even stranger because as Katie points out Liz Truss is talking about national insurance levy money but she's going to bin the national insurance levy so she's really just talking about moving money around promising more to social care presumably probably not going to take loads away from the NHS. Is this actually another spending promise, almost in disguise? That's exactly what it is. And in the leading article of the new magazine coming out tomorrow, we make this point. I mean, if Liz Truss is serious about cutting taxes, she'd be serious about reforming spending. And here she is promising to throw billions of pounds after social care. In other words, planning to go where the state has not gone before. So she will be doing what David Cameron said would be too expensive to do, which is to basically spend some money subsidising the personal care of of wealthy pensioners who um, would, under her plan, qualify for help. So it's a big spending promise. All this from somebody who says government's getting too big. So to me, this looks more populist than conservative. And underlines the concerns which a lot of people have about Liz Truss's agenda, that anybody can really stand up and say, OK, I'm going to cut your taxes and let debt take the strain. But unless you can actually slim down government, government which has grown out of all proportion to its usefulness, then you're only ever going to have a temporary tax cut because taxes will have to go back up. So this, this is the second time in her campaign she's done something that's made me really doubt 
whether she's serious about her economic mission. And the other time, of course, was when she was announced that she would do regional pay and make a very, um, a very good policy, I thought, of making sure that the government doesn't crowd out the private sector in in jobs in, in the English regions and to um, have have localized pay. Now, when she was when that was um, that money saving device caused controversy, she backtracked immediately, and not only did she do that, but then she signed up to the triple lock pledge as well. Massive, massive spending increases. So she isn't going to cut taxes this way. I don't think any of this will make any difference to the leadership contest. But at the moment, it's like she's putting on a low-tax songs in a jukebox. But these are songs that she will ultimately be unable to play. And I think there's a really interesting point in this, which is it wouldn't be the first time, and, I, and I'm not saying this is Liz Truss's plan, but you know there is a history when it comes to how do you win a leadership contest? I think Rishi Sunak has at times looked as though he is actually pitching to the general public when he needs to win the membership first. And with this trust, I mean, let's just look at Keir Starmer. How did he become Labour leader? It was effectively by posting lots of photos in his videos of Keir Starmer, actually, I think at one point, hugging Jeremy Corbyn before later, of course, removing the whip from Jeremy Corbyn. It was making lots of policy pledges that he has since abandoned. And I think that, Trust is enough an instinctive politician. I don't think she's going to shed all the things she is saying. But there is a question when you're looking at whether all these things add up, what she really wants to do, which is, is some of this going to be dropped? Is this getting over the line and then working out what you have to keep? So I don't think she can get away from cancelling the national insurance hike, um, cancelling corporation tax hike. I think those are so you know definite in terms of what she is doing. But some of the other rhetoric, you do wonder, is there space to move once you are elected as leader, and perhaps some of this is a little smoke and mirrors. Katie, Rishi Sunak was, of course, in Birmingham too, making his case. And if you speak to Sunak or Team Sunak, they will insist that he still believes he has a fighting shot and that he could win. But his rhetoric has been changing. The narrative's been changing. And more and more, there are hints that he's talking like we're going into a world where Liz Truss is going to be prime minister. He has hinted heavily that he would struggle to serve in her cabinet. Presumably, uh, he doesn't actually want to be offered a job that he would then potentially turned down. Maybe he doesn't want to be offered that job at all. But he's also now hinted at the idea that he might not even vote for a Liz Truss budget. Yes, yeah, so he was pressed on this last night at the Times Radio hustings. And I think he clearly didn't want to get into it. So he didn't, I think it's fair to say, he did not make a commitment to backing Liz Truss's tax cuts. Or rejecting know. it. Or Yeah, I think... If we are reading between the lines, perhaps I'm being too kind in this analysis, but speaking to a few people, I think this is more the fact that Rishi Sunak does not want to accept the narrative that he is going to lose. He right. wants to say the race is still going. So you won't answer any question predicated on when you lose. Exactly. And therefore, to entertain the question, just a little bit like when he would say, oh, well, I suppose you're asking me about cabinet, but this is what I think. And I'm a bit further. I don't think he wants to get into this because as soon as you do that given the media narrative is already that Liz Truss has effectively won, it means it's very hard to get any of your messages across. And it's already hard enough. And therefore, I think that just speaking to people who know him, I, I personally do not get the sense that he is actually going to vote down Liz Truss's mini budget. If, if Effectively, that, he, it's he, a confidence vote. A finance. Well, yeah, exactly. You lose the whip if you do that. So in, in, in our parliamentary system, if you vote against your own party's budget, 
that is equivalent to yeah. losing the whip and getting kicked out. I mean, it's a cardinal sin and quite right too. So it's a bit of a, it's a silly question, really. Yeah. I mean, and I think he understands that in the sense that part of the reason he quit Boris Johnson's government comes down to cabinet responsibility, collective responsibility. And as Fraser said, a finance bill is treated as a confidence vote. Something I write about in the magazine this week, which will be out soon, is how does this trust if she wins manage the parliamentary party? And actually... Rishi Sunak might not be such trouble on the backbenches in the sense that I think he still thinks he can win. But his view is whoever wins, perhaps partly because he thinks it might be him, the party has to come back together. So I think there's quite a lot of excitement about this, but it's not necessarily how people are reading it. I'm willing to eat my hat if he does now refuse to back the finance bill. And we have this on record. Fraser, lastly, Boris Johnson has found himself in Kyiv, uh, another surprise visit to Ukraine. He likes to hold these surprise visits in Ukraine. Uh, he's with President Zelensky. The last time he did this, I mean, I'm a bit sappy, but I actually got quite emotional watching the video that they put out, him walking around Kyiv, speaking to Ukrainians. I thought it was a lovely moment. This, however, feels a bit more like a farewell tour. I think it's quite telling that he's gone to see President Zelensky. Clearly, when it comes to the Boris Johnson legacy, Ukraine is the bit that he's going to want to big up because a lot of people, even who don't agree with him politically, think he got this right. Who else do you think he'll be speaking to, visiting, and what other signs are we going to see from a, a Boris Johnson in his last few weeks in the job? Well, I'm not quite so sure that he'll do a Frank Sinatra-style tour of Europe on the way back. I mean, when I heard he was in Kiev this morning, I thought he's probably flat hunting. I mean, this is the, you know, probably the only... There are four streets named after him in Kiev. There are um, Boris Johnson cakes in the shop done after his hairstyle. He is... There are murals of him on the wall. There there certainly won't be any Boris Johnson streets in Britain, I don't think. So, um, and he, does, he deserves this, right? Because he was a true friend to them. He's one of the first prime ministers to really stand up for them at a time where nobody else quite believed it. So I think when you look back on the Boris years... What were the great um, successes? Now, if you take away the majority, uh, winning the majority and bringing Brexit, two, by the way, absolutely huge achievements for both 2019. Since then, easily his greatest achievements was uh, leading Europe in its response to Ukraine. And in the same way that the Kurds went around sort of with little pictures of George H.W. Bush on their car windscreen for a long time, you know, people in these countries never forget the world leaders who did look kindly on them and stood up for them when nobody else would. I think that, that Boris Johnson will always be a hero in Kiev. So I would be surprised if he, um, he doesn't... He's not a fairly frequent visitor there. I mean, why wouldn't you be? And by the way, it's typical for ex-prime ministers to look at their record and latch on to what was the big success and to see if they can make not quite a business out of it, but to see if they can just keep going back to it. I remember in Sweden, um, uh, Anders Hulten, who was a Swedish Conservative Prime Minister, his great success, it turned out, was the tax credit. So he'd do a paper on like why the tax credit system would work. You want to be remembered for what you got right, not for what you got wrong. And every time Boris Johnson gets um, touches tarmac at Kiev, he'll be remembered of what he got right. Katie, the last few weeks of Johnson's premiership look to be summed up by a trip to Kiev and a trip to Greece with his wife and even some former 10 Downing Street officials. I suppose one could sum this up as the height of his political career and also the undoing of his political career. There was, there was an interesting story a few weeks ago, which was that Boris Johnson had planned, I think, to meet a member of the Polish government. And actually the invite had been revoked or, or the foreign counterpart was too busy now that Boris Johnson was... Prime Minister in name only, effectively. And I think there is something about Boris Johnson going to Kiev, which clearly he cares, but also 
is almost playing the greatest hits in the sense we know that I think in a way when the Ukraine crisis came and I'm not doubting the conviction those are number 10 I think lots of people feel that but it did take the heat off party gate because you had a period where it was just inappropriate to ask questions about birthday cake and who had what who was there and moving around while you had this uh, this new big event come in and it did mean that there was a there was a almost you know suspended animation a period away from it I think what's interesting is we're talking a bit about how Rishi Sunak will act if Liz Truss wins. And it's not just Rishi Sunak, I think, that Liz Truss has potentially worry about on the backbench. This is also Boris Johnson. Now, for now, Boris Johnson, I was speaking to someone in Labour, and they they effectively said to me, well, Boris Johnson and Labour have a common interest at the moment, (laughs) and that's stopping Rishi Sunak from becoming Prime Minister. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you manage to do that... Does Boris Johnson stay loyal to Liz Truss? We know that Boris Johnson effectively feels as though his premiership was unfairly cut short. Mm-hmm. We know there is a portion of the membership and a portion of the public who feel the same. And speaking to MPs, I think there is a sense that while he is in the Commons, uh, he doesn't have you know a big new project or purpose. He is a risk to whoever is the next prime minister. And I think that there is a sense amongst those who both like Boris Johnson and want this trust to do well, that perhaps there is an international role that he could do when it comes to something like Ukraine, if you think about what he was doing in his final few months. Tom Tugendhat is also in Kyiv right now. So, of course, the future foreign secretary, maybe so maybe the two of them can go out for a beer. Actually, do you know who else is in Kyiv? Um, Sanna Marin, the Finnish prime minister. Now, if the three of them were to go out for a party, that could be, a party. Party. That could be something. <laughs> Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Katie. And thanks for listening.